Hello and welcome to the Lost Art Podcast. I'm Garen, I'm here with Paul. How are you? And this week we are doing uh, something we talked about doing for ages and ages, and we're actually finally getting around to doing it. We are doing uh, a couple, a selection of our favourite instrumental tracks. Yes, um, no, they, don't speak, don't yeah, speak. Exactly. I know what you're thinking. No, that's not, that's not instrumental. Never tell me cause it hurts. Now that's stuck in my head, it's over for a whole night. There you go. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say, are these the greatest instrumental songs ever? Probably not, but no, they're ones that enough. we like. Which Just is... listen to them, right? Just fucking listen to them. Yeah, like, <laughs> come on. There's actually, I was looking at the list here earlier, um, pretty good mix of stuff going on here. Yeah, I don't know if my ones are that mixy around it. A lot of uh, post-rock. Ah, yeah, but, but that's still... common. That's fucking like that's kind of what hook like I think when I think of instrumental music um <clears throat> kind of in a modern age, I think of exactly the stuff that you have on here. I think of that kind of yeah. post rock kind of fucking goes from like plinky plonky to fucking boom boom boom. I think yeah, I think I think of that. But um in long term, I think a a lot of the stuff that I put up here where it's uh kind of classically instrumental. You know what I mean? Now I've got I've got one or two songs here that are by um acts who generally do have vocals. Yeah. Um and these are their fucking Yeah, we were gonna split up like that. But <laughs> instrumentals <laughs> yeah. from bands that are not instrumental. Yeah, I mean that's uh, still a, an option yeah. somewhere down, down option the line. Future, yeah. Uh, yeah. But that that's definitely more aimed. That's one hundred percent more aimed than this. This is just yeah. is there vocals on it? Now I'm gonna lie, one of mine has a shout on it. Um uh, my first one has a bit of a slight background. Yeah. Choir yeah. thing. But still I mean, instrumental, but I don't care. Exactly, it's still an instrumental. Uh, <laughs> but then let's go fucking stray into the box with it. Who is your first one? Uh, I had to pick it this week because yeah. he passed away. It's Ennio Morricone mm. and uh, Ecstasy of Gold because it's one of the of best course. pieces of music ever written. It Outrageous. is. Uh, okay, there's, a, there's some there's some chanting in the background. Who? Harton. That's, come on. It's voice used as a as, as an, an instrument, instrument in the pad yeah. or a layer rather than um or so yeah uh, it was very sad to hear him die although ninety one is a fucking good old age man do you know what I really complain I fucking I used to say that all the time you know that's a good innings that you know eighty five like, when I'm eighty five I'm not gonna want to die when I'm ninety one I'm not gonna want to die so oh, I'd say I'll be, if I well, first of all I will never get near ninety one bet you I but will. if I did. You will? Yeah, 100%. I won't. Uh, you smoke like a mad thing. You're 100% not getting oh, I'm not, telling you're you right not in now, I'm going to be the first person to make it. So I am. I'm going to be the first person to make it. I'm gonna I'm just going to keep going. I know I am. I know I am. The first person to make it. What does it mean to make it? <coughs> to not die. <clears throat> well, how will, you, how will they ever know you've made it? I won't tell anybody. I just keep oh, I know myself that I made it. I'll be looking at all, like my great-grandchildren and all. I might even get married to one of them. I have to have kids to have uh, <laughs> have to have kids first or to have great grandchildren. Maybe just yeah. adopt one. I might just adopt a few kids that are like sound. I think you can't pick, quite... unfortunately. Yeah, you can. Send them back. Sound ones? You can't yeah. send I suppose you could send them back. Yeah. A lot of those kids have been sent back a lot though. Yeah, exactly. Troubled, troubled kids. <laughs> How have we got so, out the troubled kids? Any other you, you just find a sound one. You, you don't want one that you have to change their nappies and all the shit and piss everywhere and they're screaming at four o'clock. You want to come fully trained and sound. 100%. Just a rug. Yeah, they, they they, they're not, maybe they're not the generally giving up ones. I don't know. <laughs> you just steal a child then. Steal a child. 
Just yeah. uh, do you know what you could do? Like uh, Batman and Robin, just get a, get yourself a ward. That's it. Just get yourself like find some like twenty year old young fella. He was like, listen, I need a young fella. Like I'll be a dad, and he's like, right. do you want to be the big a Big Brother program? Yeah, exactly. That'd do me. That'd be fine. Like, yeah. can you drive? Because I need to go to Tesco right now. That type of thing. Yeah, hundred percent. So, uh, Marconi, yeah, yeah, yeah. He died this week. Um, I'm regretfully. Uh, sad that I didn't ever go and see him, but uh, tickets were always outrageously Mad expensive. Money. Mad money. Now, but now it's it's an orchestra, presumably an orchestra, so yeah. I understand why it's that expensive. But whenever it came around, the the, the tickets available on Friday for hundred quid, I'm like, I don't have. Yeah, I'll have a hundred quid, but not this Friday. So no, exactly. I'm Come back to me on Monday like a normal person. No, even give me a few months. Let me pay it off over time. Yeah, they, should, they, they need to bring that in, don't they? Like, get your ticket and... No, tenor, no, I'll tell you why they don't. I'll tell you why they don't, because they don't need to. They don't need to. They don't need to because they don't need to. Irish people and Ticketmaster have this country. I don't know what it is about Irish people. We have to go to Hansa gigs at fucking twice the price as, like, Austria or France. Mm, I suppose. Even, like, uh, fest- festivals and all are fucking mad money over here, aren't they? Yeah, people that, say it's because of the, the, the uh, insurance, but I don't know how true that is. I don't know. It could, be, it could be a combination of insurance and then you've got, like, extra ferries and just transport because we're an island, maybe. I don't know. Probably just a heap of fucking reasons. But no, it's because we're fucking placid. It's Absolutely. true. Okay. We'll go anyway. Okay. Yeah, we'll go okay. anyway. Except when it came to Garth Brooks and we put the fuck yeah. down. Exactly, yeah. No. In the entire area of Dublin, just like, no. Not you know what? He's a little cunt for not doing at least three. Isn't he? That yeah. was a little... That was, that, little was the, that, was the, that was the initial plan. Yeah. You know what? It was four he wanted to do, wasn't it? It was four, four. or none. Like, Jesus Christ, man. No one's ever done that in Croker. Like, for fuck's sake, man! Like, still your three. That's that's Ain't a miracle. Doing gigs till I get to do five. Yeah. Cunt. yeah. Like fuck me. He's no, a, like he's a strange, strange man. That guy. Sap. Very little, strange. Little, little cryer he is. Little cryer. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah. Look, this is this is still my favorite um, Neil Morricone track, and yeah. I, closely followed by the, the team from the Mission, mm. which I think is like. Uh, Gabriel's elbow or something like that. Something oh, like that's that, yeah. Amazing as well. It's a great film. Um, but his first like main breakthrough was in 1964, which was Fistful of Dollars. Mm. And it's crazy because those movies were I don't think were ever supposed to be very big. No, because they're all like Italian made now, aren't they? Italian made. They call them the spaghetti westerns. Mm. It's just you know it's Italian and. Um, I remember thinking, like, because I grew up knowing them to be incredibly popular and famous. Yeah, yeah. Not even known really that they were Italian. Like junk throwaway movies, and, uh, yeah. yeah, and uh, they were kind of just co- copies of of movies mm. made for a cheaper budget. But they got uh, Clint Eastwood, you know, to play the man with no name. And I uh, grown up, yeah. I was always thought I loved them, and I always thought that they were just huge cinematic releases straight away in America. Yeah, yeah. I realized, Same hang here. on. This is an Italian film that was never mm. supposed to be very big. So, yeah, he got mm. big through that, obviously. And he went on to do just absolutely loud stuff like uh, loud stuff. He done the cinem- cinema parody. So, yeah, he's ex- done uh, Famous Exorcist 2, uh, The Thing, which is yeah, that was going to say. He worked with John Carpenter on The Thing, which is like fucking one which of my love strange it. because, yeah, because Carpenter would normally do his own. I think that was his force. I think they just gave him the corner. Yeah, and, she, yeah. and they were like, listen, here's like some actual money to make an actual film. And we know that you do everything. We know that you write, you produce, fucking you're in them sometimes and you do the music. And we're going to let you do a bit of the music, but let's bring your man in. Like, let's bring mm. him in just in case. You know? Okay. 
He's very good. Let him in. Exactly. Ernio Morricone. Exactly. Um, he did a uh, mission, like I said already, Once Upon a Time in America, Untouchables and The Hateful Eight. Um, he also composed the official team for the 1978 FIFA World Cup. Jesus. Um, yeah, he's absolutely fantastic. Like His music is really, really uplifting. The next year goal has obviously been a huge influence on Metallica because not only do they play it at the start of every gig, it's also like the start of The Unforgiven as well. That's right, yeah. Coin so, like, yeah, give, yeah, yeah. give it a give it a basher. We're going to play some spin, songs yeah. tonight. Yeah, we're so. going to play a, little, a few a few little little chunky yeah. bops for you here. What I've felt, what I've known. Just, I never get sick of that. I, I know you can't. It's impossible to get tired of it. Sure, it's so fucking good. Fucking ridiculous, Christ. Yeah. So I mean, everyone knows that. If you don't know it, what? Why? Why do you not know that? Yeah, what's wrong with you? Saps. It's the easy stuff as well. I can never remember what else it's used. Everything you hear every now and then. Every, yeah. Like every now and again, it arrives on a on a fucking ad or in a film or something like you know. Yeah, like a lot, lot of escape, people. Uh, a lot of people still use that as an opening to their gig even though they don't know Metallica do it all the time yeah. a lot of in- indie bands do it and like oh man we'll have like X you got like yeah man like oh, fucking what 80s 90s yeah late 80s but, uh, that's Ecstasy of Gold by Ecstasy of Gold of Gildan yes Ennio <laughs> uh, Morricone who died this week yeah. at a ripe ripe old age right fuck ah a good he, old age he was well well cooked how he was well cooked, well cooked. Yeah, uh, who's your first one? Uh, my first one couldn't be any more different than Ecstasy of Gold, uh, and it's one of my favourite pieces of music ever. It's um, the incredible Bongo Band with Apache. Yeah, Apache's good. I can't help it now. This uh, this isn't their song. Apache was originally by a guy called uh, Jerry Lorden, and uh, it's been covered a thousand fucking times. But this this song, this version of the song, is like. The song that launches a thousand ships. It's possibly one of their most important recordings um, in hip hop. It's kind of where hip hop came from. Mm-hmm. Uh, Apache, all the the break beats and the, the breakdowns in it. Uh, mm-hmm. It's weird, actually. I, I, I found out loads of stuff about this that I didn't know at all. So, first thing I found out is that, like, any picture of the incredible bongo band that you've ever seen. Is staged. It's not them, right? Really? Um, the Incredible Bongo Band is not really a band at all. 
Um, but it says it in the name. Yeah, exactly. Um, it started in, in, in 1972 by a guy called Jerry Vine. And uh, he was an artist manager at MGM Records. And they were after getting this commission off a little small uh, movie studio. Did you hear it through the Jerry Vine? Exactly. And uh, they were after getting a commission to provide music, like off, but, but with their artists and like incidental music. Um, for this little movie called, it's like a, a horror movie, a B movie called The Thing with Two Heads, right? Oh, right, yeah. Um, which you hear of every now and again. It's just another one of them kind of crappy B movie. And what happened was they, they provided most of the music, but they said, listen, we need all these like, bits and bobs, you know, just to kind of fill out scenes and shit. Um, what have you got? And Jerry Voyan, like I said, he was an artist manager. He wasn't, wasn't a musician or anything like that. He put his hand up and he said, listen, we have a recording studio here. Let me go in and I'll bang together like a few bits and pieces yeah. and uh, you can have them. So they're like, oh, fucking grand. Like, will you do it for free? And he goes, I'll do it for cheap. How about that? So like, all right, grand. So in he went, he used to go in at night time. do it for free. I love yeah. that. So, yeah, uh, anyone who creates art at all has yeah. been asked at least once a week. Yeah. Just try- pay you for this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. That took ages. Um, so yes. he used to go into the recording studio at night time and in between bands and stuff like that and just use it in between. Now, what, the incredible bongo band was but 99.9% of the stuff they done were like covers and like they, they had like they had a couple of their own songs as well that done all right but uh, the, the yeah. ones that got big from were all covers um, uh, mostly covers I think of bands that were on MGM Records so they could get the rights to it for cheap but the band themselves this is fucked up the band themselves like who's playing on this like on these records There's only they only made two records but who's playing on these songs was essentially whoever the fuck was in the recording studio at the time so huh. like the, the, there's no real the, there's kind of a list like loads of session musicians loads of session musicians guys who were floating around it's like listen can you, if you've got 20 minutes just lay down you know it was like from a, me or a collective of convenience yes very much so but what they they had this kind of open door policy and word got around in the recording studio that they had an open door they policy. say hey, lads you can't leave the door open you can hear yeah, all yeah. the sounds I've got, I've got a train coming in on the fucking track here um, but oh, no, really. you had guys like uh, the people who, who are rumoured rumoured because they couldn't be officially seen to be to be on this record rumoured to have played um, on the first album in particular were Ringo Starr I um, de- I put a hundred quid on it. Uh, Glenn, on it. Glenn Campbell, hmm. um, John Lennon, um, Noel Rod- Noel Rogers, Noel Rogers. I'm waiting for it. He wasn't on it. Uh, Harry Nilsson. Harry Nilsson was there. Yeah, and uh, our, our old mate Jim Gordon from the Killers episode who killed his ma. He's on it. Oh, he's. They reckon he's almost certainly on it. Almost certainly on it. Um, but when this when it first came out, this song it wasn't a hit at all. Like nobody paid any attention to it until DJ Cool Herc starts oh, cut, yeah. cutting it up um, at the block parties, and then it just spread like fucking wildfire, and everybody wanted to hear it. I'm gonna play a bit of it now. Um, yeah, a, a couple of seconds. But everybody's heard this before. Uh, whether you know it or not, you've most certainly heard this before.
that's Apache by the Incredible Bongo Band. I you can tell that, that hip hop drum beat is very prominent there. Fuck it's that's they invented it pretty much by yeah. accident, you know. Um I love it so much. I never get sick of hearing it. Um I DJ with it all the fucking time. It's it's dead handy. I generally t- tend to have like a a little whenever I'm DJing, I try to pick like half an hour in the middle where I do loads of this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um loads of this kind of proto fucking hip hop and proto R and B where it's just kind of funky and groovy and nine times out of ten there's no vocals in either which I was for some reason people tend to enjoy um because I don't feel like they're getting singled out if they don't know the words to or something. There's there's something yeah. mental there about um it's a good break though as well. It's just like yeah, it's just nice to have fucking something a bit different every now and again. Where the people, where the people shut up for a minute? <laughs> exactly. You know, singers shut up. We can start um start start a competition. With people invent their own lyrics to instrumental songs. That'd be great fun. Yeah. Uh, but that was uh, the incredible bongo band by Apache. I love it. The bits uh, came out in nineteen seventy two. Like I said, it's one guy. If it's anything, if it's really a band, uh, it's one fella. And even uh, on the second album, you get to see a picture of them standing on train tracks. It's not them. They, I think they just hired a load of uh, like models or just lads they knew to pretend because there was no band just to make you up your studio thing. Uh, they, they got back so together again. So weren't allowed to be seen on a record because oh yeah, well that's if it's made up out of lads under contract who are yeah. you know guesting on a record, especially a record for a B movie. Like pff, they're not gonna get away with it. Uh, that was uh, the incredible Bongo Man. Who is your next one? My next one is a song called Black Paper Planes by Long Distance Calling, who are a German post-rock kind of instrumental band. It's weird to see a German band do this, that yeah. get quite popular, but uh, Jesus, remember the first time I heard this song? I can't remember, it might have been on a compilation or something. I was like, Jesus, this started off well and mm. keeps getting better the whole way through. So... um. This is from their 2009 album, Avoid the Light. Or mm. Avoid the Light! Avoid, <laughs> the, avoid the Light. I had listened to this earlier. I liked it a lot, actually. I did. This is a song I always play when I'm DJing, and I see everybody shazamming it. Yeah. And, people and go, what's this? And I yeah. say it, and I'm like, long distance calling by black paper planes. And then they go, what? I'm like, well, you're not going to... If, you, if you're asking me what this is... Yeah. I say the name of it and you act and you like you've know. never heard it before. Yeah. Does that not make sense to you? Exactly. You That's what you're asking. You sap- What's it called? Long distance calling. Black paper planes. What? What? <sighs> What's the name of the song? What do you want? That's the name of the song. You do the rest of the work, man. Exactly. It's all on you now. Look, <laughs> look up fucking black paper planes. That, that, yeah. that, that'll do you. The rest of it's all on you. Go for it. You know? They Saps. have um, sapulations. Saps. I like I, I miss the days when people come up and ask me about a song. Yeah, the cunts versus I'm in it now. Why would I just say? But now I just see that little blue circle going around yeah. on phones, and it's like, well, I do, I don't want to have to actually talk to or you know have a DJ impart his knowledge verbally. Yeah, exactly. I thought someone knows more than me. I can walk up to him now and like they can wiki wiki the group and come back up to you. You know what I mean? Uh, long distance calling, is it? Yeah. Oh, great, great track. Yeah. Prick. <laughs> yeah. So they've collaborated uh, with um, The Haunted, John Bush from Armored Saint, who I wouldn't go if it was in Antrax. Um, and Jonas Rankins from uh, Catatonia. Uh, so that's a quite a big, that's a good list of people that they've worked with. Catatonia uh, with a K. Yeah, not not the Welsh fucking female-led no. alt-pop band. Ker- with Keris Matthews. Yeah. Um, although, and Tom Jones. Oh, 
We're going to do an episode on, on Tom Jones' Reloaded. We're reviewing every track. I tell you, I tell you why we have to do it, because I bought it the other day on CD. Did you? And we did say we were going to do it when yeah. we were locked. I've, I found it in a charity shop. I found it in a charity shop and I bought it. We're going to so, uh, review it track by track and give yeah. it a score on it. <laughs> Ten. Listen, stick this song on now and, and uh, yeah, yeah. see what you think of it. Did it, did it, did song. That was great. I enjoyed that. I, like I said, I listened to that the other day and I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's one of those ones that's hard to kind of get a sample size because it builds up mm. in so many sections. That yeah, like a lot yeah, of these songs lot of these are real song, long. Real, yeah, real long. long. It's mad because you think that a song without lyrics would be like, well, we're running out of ideas now. Let's uh, let's keep going with mm. uh, <laughs> to end the song. Like, well, I suppose we think um, about it they're, if they're breaking away from the kind of bog standard kind of verse bridge chorus kind of structure and I just make a music yeah. for music almost like classical music you know where it's yeah, got exactly. kind of fills and swells and dips and drops and you there's know? lots of mel- melody the oh, vocal yeah. melody well not that there was one but in theory replaced mm. by guitar or piano or something mm, like that mm. and uh, it's deadly it is I fucking love instrumental music I've always loved it but I am like obviously now moving away from making it myself because it's yeah. so long it only has a certain appeal certain people yeah we've talked about this before yeah Yeah. we've talked about this before but i think a lot of people that listen to instrumental music tend to be kind of artists and stuff with it like the vocals like they're they're listening to words and they're decoding them in their head but there's something about music just happening yeah especially if it just comes together really well like this song does and um i don't know the approach to instrumental music is, is totally different it's just mm. totally different altogether oh yeah it's, it's a different animal completely and utterly like. it lets you it lets you be a bit more free structurally you can do whatever you want yes you don't keep coming back to a central theme lyrically or vocally and uh that's what i love uh, yeah i absolutely love it it's, it's, it's made totally differently oh, yeah. not like i made a lot of songs that i wrote they began as instrumental, so I'd sing over them, yeah. which I found singing into the spaces extremely yeah. difficult. But now, hopefully, it'll come across as something a bit slightly unique. Hopefully, yeah. I haven't picked the most obvious vocal melody because I couldn't. It was already taken. Yeah, because the music didn't do it for you. You had to, yeah. you had to like, it became another layer. So a lot of these songs probably could sing over them. I know one of the most famous instrumentals, <laughs> uh, "Be There" by Uncle was sang over mm. retrospectively by Ian Brown and he did an amazing job mm. of fitting in a vocal line over. So now when I listen to the instrumental, I'm like, oh, I need to hear that voice. <laughs> but uh, that's a kind of rare example of yes. like, a song that's yes. already established and someone yeah. sang over. But uh, that was Black Paper Planes by Long Distance Calling. Mm. The German 
post post rock. Who is your next one? Uh, my next one is probably the one that started an interest in instrumental music for for people of my age. Anyway, um, it's Metallica with Orion. It's kind of an obvious it's choice, but, yeah, but it's a big banger. Though. It is a big killer song, but something about um something about when you're when you're a kid and fucking putting master puppets on and you're sitting back and you're hearing all the songs. Master Puppets are like eight songs long, you know? And you're sitting there and you're fucking listening away and this comes on and the fourth, I'll never forget the first time I heard it going like waiting for the music. I was like, this is taking fucking ages. And then it was over. I was like, what the fuck? And I remember going back and looking at the liner notes and stuff and talking about, you know, instrumentals. I didn't even really know what an instrumental was. Like, yeah. like this song, this came out in 1986. Now, we didn't hear it in 1986. It was probably... 1990 before I fucking heard it, 1991, who knows? But I, I didn't really understand that like heavy bands had an interest in doing instrumental music. And it was only later where I listened to like, like went back and listened to loads of them. Um, loads of other kind of metal bands and, and heavy rock bands were throwing the odd instrumental song onto an album for yeah. the crack. Like, now I don't, I don't need to be filling in time on an album or anything like that. No, no, like, no, it is anyway. Yeah. You can, I think that, this. I think Orion was a big jam session by Metallica. But well, here's, the, yeah. here's the thing. It's, Metallica are so good that their jam session becomes a song that is now monstrously popular and well-loved. Mm. I just think they were just jamming like, this is great. And I was like, hang on a second, there's something in this. Yeah, quite what, possibly. What we sing over? What if we don't? Yeah, let, let it go. Let it go. Um, let it go. Um, this is obviously played by Cliff Burton, who was, uh, this is the last album he made from Metallica. Um, before he died, he actually died on tour supporting this album. Uh, died in the same country. He recorded this song, which is this uh, album was recorded in Sweden, and he died in Sweden in a bus accident. Really? Uh, Cliff Burton is only credited uh, as a mu- not a musician, but as a songwriter on three songs on the album. This is one of them, surely, isn't he? You wrote this. This is one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Great it's, bass playing on it. Great, it's, it's gorgeous, gorgeous bass tone I just and everything. Find it weird that he's only got three writing credits on the album. Like, that's strange yeah. to me. Like every every song has Lars and Heffield. Like every yeah. song, every single song, and the rest of them are kind of just spotty. You know, Hammett's on two or three as well. Like it's very fucking strange. Um, it's just a weird dynamic it's, for it's a band. Not like like a, a, yeah, a band who's been together forever. Like should share. Um, yeah, well, you too do. Yeah, There's a lot of bands do. Um, it's an odd one because you think of who you're talking about here, though. You know, oh, yeah, I, I know, like, but still, no, like, yeah, I know what you're saying. It depends. Like, to be honest with you, if if I if I was in a band with a rotating drummer for every few, you know, years, I'm not entirely sure I'd be given songwriting credits. Yeah, no, but that's like... But this is different for me, yeah. It's that rock solid fucking lineup, essentially. They're like one guy who fucked off like before they were even... Now, to be honest with you, the the, the royalties may may have been split. This is a separate thing. It's just the... It's just the... The songwriters. Maybe, like the mechanical... I I don't know. You can then go on and split. No bother. But but that's anyway now. They they didn't. (laughs) Yeah, I'd say so. Um... Like I don't fucking know. Uh, this song we talked about before was sampled by DJ Shadow. Um, it's been sampled mm. a couple of times across the board. Actually, it's, it's one of these heavily sampled things. And I'm gonna play a little bit of it. Uh, I'm gonna play a little bit of it here. Hang on. Play all of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
to Ryan, a different bit of it. Oh, um, I, it. I wanted to play that bit because you can hear Cliff kind of banging away in the background, which I always yeah. like, you know, just doing his own thing in the background, which is always cool. He's not just following it oh, along. It's brilliant. Every, every bit of that song yeah, is fucking deadly. It's fucking superb. Uh, but yeah, for me, like I said, that was the first song I ever remember having an interest in. Um, that that's an instrumental song. I think, to be honest, I think that might be the same for a lot of people that that was like their first introduction to like a popular band banging out um, an instrumental song for the sake of it, you know. Um, yeah. And there was plenty more after it, but that for me was the big one. It's still the kind of fallback. So if, if the conversation in a pub at two o'clock in the morning comes up about instrumental music, like what's your favorite instrumental song? Orion. Oh, you know, always. <laughs> it's just it's the fallback, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's Metallica about Orion. Who is your next one? My next one is a song that I play a lot before I start DJing. So the first mm. song when I'm DJing, I suppose. So it is including in DJing. It's not before I start DJing. It is DJing. If the DJing is playing music, I always play at the start of the last start of life. Mm. Um, this is Monoliths by Maserati. So a lot of people will recognize this. Like, mm. oh, it's the song that they, they opened. The, we opened up our first radio show episode with yeah. it and a good few after that because it's... Um, it's just a fantastic piece of music. So Maserati are from Athens, Georgia, of all places. That's mad. I don't know why. So, uh, Athens, Georgia, that's where the B-52s are from. Yeah. No, that's Atlanta, Georgia. No, they're oh, from Athens. Athens. You're yeah. right, sorry. Athens, yeah. Athens, yeah. Athens, yeah. It's just, I don't know why. I never would have put, would have put uh, Maserati. I don't know. You look, what the fuck do I know? America's a big mm. old place. Um, their sound is kind of just this groovy rhythm section with uh, just these absolutely incredible drums. And later on, they started to use a lot of uh, synthesizers and electronic mm. kind of samples and stuff. Um, this one is from 2009. It's 11 years old. Holy shit, I've been playing this song for 11 years now. <laughs> it's a much more psychedelic kind of feel to this one. And um, the drummer, Jerry Fuchs. Fuchs? Fuchs, F-U-K-S or F-U-K-Z. Um, yeah, Fuchs. he was the live drummer with... Uh, Mastercraft, or however you pronounce it, Mr. Cruft. Mm. You know the one, M S T F K R F T? Yeah, Mastercraft. Yeah. Mastercraft. And also LCD sound system. But this is kind of messed up mm. uh, because on um, that same year that this was released, he was caught between a broken elevator Stop it. in uh, New York. Stop. When assistants arrived, they got the doors open. Mm. And he attempted to jump across. No. Out of the elevator car. No. And as he landed, no. His hoodie got caught in one of the things, pulled him off guard, and he just went no. straight down. No, that's uh, not real. That's, no, that happened, Jim. I, yeah. I thought you were going to say it was cut in half. I was thinking that's the first time that's ever no. happened. Yeah, no, that has happened to someone. I can't have. That's just one of them things that haunt humans. Can't. Yeah, it can't is. It's, it's a weird. It's a weird. Although I'd rather that happen, I'd rather happen to me than a drown. I think. Oh no! Then what? Drowning? No, because my family would be able to look at me then and go, "Okay, he's, he's yeah." I don't know. Anyway, look, they'd be able to look at you and go, "Look at his hair." It's kind of it's it's really crappy because he was attending a benefit to raise education funds for underprivileged children. Ah, fuck! Yeah, good fucking dude. Like he's only twenty four years old. Uh, LCD Sound Systems toured album. This is happening was dedicated to him, and Mm. um, he's had a. A lot of people, I think, including the band Holy Ghost, yeah. uh, release a song dedicated to him. He's very, very much, very liked guy and great yeah, on drums, yeah. as you will hear now. We'll yeah. play a little section from Monoliths here, yeah, which is one of my favorite, favorite Maserati songs.
I know it well. It's so very likable. <laughs> it's so very likable, the yeah. song. It's, it's, it's very happy and optimistic and groovy, but without being cheesy. It's like a really, yeah, it's, yeah. it's one of those just rare songs. Everyone starts tapping their foot to when I stick it on. Everyone. Like, and like yeah. I'd be setting up and I just stick this song on just before I start playing into the actual set. I can see people just nodding along. Jeez. How long is that song? That song is about eight minutes long. That's great. Yeah, perfect. Fucking plugging your fucking shit in, kind of um, uncoil your headphone song, isn't it? No, it's only six and a, six and a half. It's Still, enough to, yeah, it's love to get your bits um, together. I absolutely love that, and uh, they have another since the passing of, of Jerry Fox. They've gone on to release some really, really great albums as well. Mm. But uh, check them out if you're not don't know much about them. This is one of the ones I recommend out of all of them, but. Like black paper planes, you don't have to go mad looking too much into that, mm. or if you don't want. But this is one of the ones. Actually, all the other ones as well. <laughs> yeah, that was that <laughs> was uh, folks. That was Manlets by Maserati. Yeah, Who is cool. your next one? My next one's another pretty obvious choice. So I had to go with it because it's I love it the bits. It's uh, Dick Dale with Miserable, and uh, I know this, but I can't fucking. Can't picture it in my head. I can't hear. You've it absolutely right now. no. I know it, and I yeah. know that. And, and the word "miserly" is making me hear the guitar tone. But yeah, I can't, I can't yeah. This is um. So play. this again is another cover. This is originally a Greek folk song, and um, what's interesting about this is it was it was never really copyrighted. Um, just because it's a folk song, you know, and it yeah. being covered a thousand times, and uh, I tried to it, it it got covered. Oh, covered fucking actually no a, a music instructor what was his name uh, Nick fucking Rovban his name was doing a version of it in um in I think it was the early 50s and he claimed the copyright on it and from that day onwards anybody who ever covered Miserlou had to pay a copyright to him even though it well, existed you prick. You yeah already it. Um, yeah, it's just an arsehole move. So, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing that's uh, oh, is belonging to the world anymore. Nothing. Yeah, everything is just belonging to the world. Yeah. If they could figure out how to fucking sell air, they would do it. Yeah, everyone's been kind of being weaponized. Uh, Dick Dale was like a famous guitarist. But, uh, he started off kind of as a rockabilly guy doing the kind of 50s kind of rockabilly circuit and then eventually got into surf music. He's kind of considered to be the king of surf music. And um, he had a side job. He used to help Fender make amplifiers. He was one of the guys involved oh, nice. in the creation of the first ever 100-watt guitar amp. Uh, Fender, amp, Fender amps now wouldn't be my kind of thing at all now. I, I, I've had a couple of them. They're the loudest things in the world. Uh, they are so loud. Actually, That's, I did have a yeah. little... Man, those little uh, portable ones. The yeah, they're mad loud. They just have, you can tell a Fender amp a thousand miles away. They have a particular tone that ear piercingly fucking loud. Um, when you go from... Like, I want setting one... Yeah, and it's quite loud. Go yeah. to two. Yeah, once you hit two, there's no difference between two and eight. Like, yeah. same fucking thing. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, he was involved in the, the creation of four several 100 watt uh, guitar amp. He died in 2019. Uh, weirdly enough, I had actually booked him to play TH. No way. Yeah, we were going to do uh, like a tiny gig. Obviously, like, Dick Dale could play fucking anywhere. Um, we had booked him through his son. His son was playing with him. And it was his last ever tour of Europe before he knocked it on oh, the head. Sure. Um, but yeah, he fucking, he died. Uh, yeah, so like what said, age was he? Oh, fuck, I couldn't tell you. He was yeah. in the 70s anyway, I think. Right, right. In the 70s. He was left-handed, uh, but he played a right-handed guitar, but strung for a right-handed 
guitarist. Okay, right. Yeah. So fucking Lee Hoi was on top and all. Like it was all arts real face. But the reason he played Miserable, uh, where it came from, was uh, a fan of his asked him. So listen, I, I bet you you can't play an entire song on one string. And he just turned around to the band and he said, like, fucking, right, have at it, play this. So wait, I'm going to play a bit of it now. You, you know it. I know yeah. I do know, but I just couldn't. Yeah. Oh, of Miserable by Dick Dale. Pulp Fiction um, song. Pulp, yeah. The Pulp Fiction song, yeah. <laughs> got, got, got a big but fucking resurgence off, off Pulp Fiction. That's where me and that, 99% I, I of that. people heard it. It was Miserable, but in my head I was playing like Telstar or something in my head, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. Why am I not fucking, yeah. It's just a shit hot piece of music. It's, it's fucking great. superb. Um, I, I love it a bit. Dick Dale had a bunch of other songs, but I, I don't know whether any of them ever hit the heights that Miserable did. Um, yeah, yeah, no, he was one great. of those, yeah, like Miserable. His version of Miserable, um, was a little bit like Apache, where it became the definitive version of it. Like, that's, yes, that's 10 times faster than fucking any normal version of Miserable. Normally, it's like, no, I want that one, I want that one. You're all right with the rest of them, like, I am, but like, I was covered by fucking everybody, even the Beach Boys covered it like a year after he brought it out, you know, yeah, it's across the board. Um, it, it, it was lifted his version of it became the definitive version of it which is a sickening because he still had to pay rights to that fucking prick who had uh, a copyright a couple of years beforehand you know and just got literally got away with it because it was a folk song uh, Miserable means Greek or sorry it means uh, Egyptian woman apparently in Greek that's uh-huh. and apparently there are words to it but nice. who cares who actually cares but that was uh, <laughs> that was Dick Dale with Miserable I loved a bit too who's your next one my next one is a song called Davian Cowboy by Boards of Canada. Uh, this is a phenomenal, phenomenal song. This is a great band as well, actually. They've been going since 80, 88. Fuck. Jesus Christ. Yeah. So they are um, two brothers, Scot- Scottish electronic mm. duo. Um, this track is from the 2005 album, The Campfire Head Phase. Mm. Uh, oh, Jesus. No, they're going from 86, actually. Jesus mm. Christ. So, um, I absolutely love Bards of Canada. I can listen to stick on a random Bards of Canada song, and I know I'm going to get something that I like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, certain albums, obviously, are better. There's like, um, music has the right to children, and Geo Gaddy, I think is how you pronounce it. Um, are two great albums as mm. well. Um, this is a this is another one that's kind of hard to play a section of because the build up is so yeah. long. Start of it is super atmospheric, but I think I've picked. The a moment that will give you a taste of mm. 
Yeah, play it there. Uh, yeah, Taste t- t- of what, what's going on in the song. Yeah, again, it's another one that needs the whole song. It's like five minutes long. It needs the whole. Drums are crazy. Yeah, well, you see, they use a lot of hip hop samples. Yeah, hip hop drum cool. samples and stuff like that. Like you've been doing a lot of that lately, and it fits in. Those samples will fit in with any kind of music. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, those like cymbal washes in there. It's real cool, but they're on a separate layer from the rest of it. It's real cool. I like that. Yeah, um, I have to say, so I, I know I know that band. Uh, I've heard of them I heard little bits but I never ever spent the time to sit down and listen to them but. they're one of those bands that like I hear Ponces talk about a lot but I thankfully I'm into them before I heard Ponces talking about yeah. them you know what I mean because I just discovered them I can't rem- I honestly just can't remember how I discovered them around yeah. the same time I was listening to Mogwai or something like that yeah, yeah. I found them um, so they use like they do use vintage synthesizers something that I really shouldn't mm. be fucking get into but I can't afford too them too much money man fucking mental and they use analog production which gives that lovely Mm. sound not always i don't think but most of the time um samples from 1970s public broadcasting programs other kind of like outdated media i've seen a lot of people using like it could be just from a training video it could be anything whatever just using samples that kind of stuff but um that's, I, I love all that kind of shit personally as well. Yeah. So I, I, I was going to do a load of that on, on the Yoko I, I, I was working on. I was going to do so much of that. I ended up going with one sample of, uh, I went to like some fucking free sample website and I got a sample of Ryan hitting a fucking roof. For I used that a lot, yeah. yeah. I, I, was, I, I think I wanted the synthwave effects I used like the start of a tape player playing up. But once you do that once... You can't do it again. You can, you can never go back to that. Everyone, well. yeah, everyone does it. Yeah, we use a lot of wind sounds. I sometimes yeah. use whale sounds, actually. Yeah, yeah, Um, but yeah, they um, if you like DJ Shadow and you yeah. like Ogway, oh this you can is hear that kind of trip hoppy kind of thing going on. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. This is a nice uh, somewhere nice in between. It. I only realised recently that they, I mean I know that boards of Canada weren't from Canada, but I didn't know they were from Scotland. Boy, straight up, assumed they were Canadian. Straight up. Yeah, like I said, no. I think they got their name from like uh, a television broadcasting station that was called really? the National Board of Canada or something like really? that. Um, but that was Davian Cowboy. Mm. Uh, this is a really nice little playlist actually to listen to. It is, yeah, yeah. This is what, like we said when we started. We've been doing more playlist based ones lately. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, who is your next one? My next one is a slightly strange one. It's a, a band called the Ghastly Ones with a song called Ghastly Stump. Never heard this. Yeah, it's, this, this is not a, 
I don't even know how to fucking describe this. They're like a surf carriage band with uh, like 1950s monster team. Right. So think of like the Munsters or the Adams Family or something like that. Oh, cool. Like it's all yeah. very much like that. It's a it's 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 a band. It was formed by these two guys who were special effects artists. And uh, they got their start supporting the Misfits in the mid-90s, the, the okay. Michael Graves era Misfits. Now, where they kind of got famous, I got famous way later because Rob Zombie heard them. And he was like, that's fucking amazing. I'm mad into that. Yeah. And uh, he signed them to his little, his Geffen imprint called Zombie Go-Go Records. Right. And he put out like, I think he put out at least one, maybe two records for them. And I don't know whether it worked out. Or, I think he, I think he wanted them to stay Super kind of super kitsch, like, like that's a terrible. That's a terrible idea. If you sign <coughs> your label, forget. Yeah, I, I, I think he just wanted them to stay the exact same, and they were like, "No, we want to like evolve our music, but like keep it definitely spooky and fucking scary." Yeah. But we want to get. We're more. not like you, Rob Zombie, with the same fucking song out last that show. <laughs> yeah, kind uh, of. Well, did they bring him on? Did they bring them on tour? Presumably, he went on. They brought them on tour. He they? like the, your man ended up one of the guys. The band doesn't really exist anymore. I think they just kind of faded into obscurity. Yeah. Uh, the drummer. Is uh, he joined Agent Orange, that punk band? Oh, um, so he's been playing with Agent Orange now for fucking years, and uh, I think the guitarist became like a music producer. He opened up the studio, and um, he's worked with a massive list of people. He's actually worked with Zombie on a couple of his albums as well. I think as a producer, yeah. but uh, it's it's mad shit, man. Like it's fucking. I I heard them. I try to think where I heard them. I think their most famous famous thing they they done. And I didn't hear this, but I, I, I heard about it. Was they done a song for the SpongeBob SquarePants Halloween episode? And well, like that SpongeBob Pants had Pantera and all on his uh, yeah fucking soundtrack. I think there's a lot of stuff mixed into SpongeBob that you wouldn't yeah. expect. Yeah, I think there's definitely like an element of like for the fucking parents there in it as well. Did you they know? have to? Didn't it wasn't the badge on fucking <coughs> a, a SpongeBob soundtrack? That Poison Idea song by Pantera. Pretty sure that was. That's a fucking savage cover. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, yeah, so they've they done a song for SpongeBob SquarePants uh, for his Halloween episode, and loads of people were like, what the fuck's this shit? And they went out and found that they had complete albums of this fucking right. spooky monster haunted house fucking music. I'll play a bit of it so you get an idea, because it's, it's, hard, it's hard to describe. get the idea yeah I love yeah, that kind of stuff I can listen to that stuff especially instrumentally for oh, yeah. like, all day forever all like, day like every song is like 
called the course of the werewolf or you know that type of fucking thing yeah and it's like it's just surf music but they definitely have that spooky element and like every song starts with like a sample of a coffin opening or something like it's, yeah. it's just real aimed real specific kind of fun like just it's not for, uh, scary just for, just for pantera fans that are wriggling in their seat because i got yeah. that wrong it was a death the instrumental from death rattle that was used ah, in an episode called pre-hibernation not the badge that was used in fucking Crow, wasn't it? No, what what fucking movie was that? What did they use the badge in? It wasn't the crow, it was, was it? Fucking do my head in. No. Well, well no, it wasn't the crow. What was it? No, because the badge is too heavy to be used in the crow. Couldn't have been. I don't know. We'll figure it out now in a second. Because that's gonna bother the shit out of me. That's bothering uh, the shit out of me right now. As as well. Uh, what the it badge was the used. Oh, of course it is in the crow, yeah. Was the badge used in the crow? Yeah, it was. Oh, it was almost one of them it? songs that was like playing in the fucking radio in the background or something. Yeah. Country all the time. Mm. That yeah, that, yeah that, that's cool. I love that kind of uh, horror stuff. I love the guitar tones. No, 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 yes. no, 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 There's no, your no. Fenders. There's your Dick Dale Fenders again. Just fucking. Yeah. Telecasters. Screaming. Oh, yeah. Oh, their strats are tellies. Almost, almost certainly. A lot but of those, the, nice, a lot of those bands would use Gretches and those kind of mm. double cut duo jets and all whatever. It's, it's all fucking single coils or fucking, uh, uh, what you call them, soap bar pickups and stuff like that to get that kind of muffled, yeah, piercing kind of sound. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's uh, the ghastly ones who were who kind, of, kind of discovered by Rob Zombie. Um, he definitely put them on the map and then they kind of walked away from them and put out a bunch of albums on their own. They started their own record label after they, they dealt with him. So it obviously yeah. wasn't the most positive of uh, experiences for them. Yeah, I'd say he's um, probably a bit of a dick. It could be apparently wrong, so. I think it's uh, four albums, two EPs they put out. Mm, and uh, yeah, they, it's like fucking, uh, like essentially, I mean, they were on Geffen Records for, like, and the Rob Zombie's imprint was still Geffen Records for a while, which is pretty fucking mm. solid. Like. Uh, yeah. But that that was uh, the Ghastly ones with Ghastly Stomp. Who is your next one? My next one is a song called Young Blood by mm. Russian Circles. Uh, they're an American instrumental kind of uh, I can't say post rock for all these, mm. but whatever. They're a rock band with rock guitars and rock drums yeah. and rock bass. They play a the band. rock music. A band band. They're from uh, they're from Chicago, uh, where Wesley Willis is from. Actually, as well. rock on Chicago. Mm. Um, they are just a non-stop touring fucking force of a band. They, yeah, as well as that back to back, back to back savage albums. And the constant tour and has made them one of the most popular instrumental bands in the world. Yeah, they're all, um, they played here a few times, and everybody goes fucking they, they mad. They used to play every nearly every year. I used, mm. This is the only band on the list I've actually seen live. Oh yeah, I have seen them. I saw them in Andrews Lane Theatre, actually, of all places. Weird. Yeah, when that was when that was allowed to be not a hotel. Yeah, <laughs> 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 uh, they've actually used Chelsea Wolfe as a guest uh, vocal as well. That's kind of cool as well. Oh yeah. A bit better, but it's still cool. <laughs> um, this is off the album, the second album, Stations, mm. which is probably one of my favorites. Although I have to say, I haven't given the last couple as much of a listen as I really yeah, should. Yeah. But um, give Youngblood a bash there and uh, let the people hear it who don't know it. It's very good.
fuck me, those drums or something else. Yeah. They're unreal. recorded incredibly well. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, the whole song. It, it's again, you'd really have to hear that whole song from the very start of it to feel how it builds up into that. Yeah. But with, it's better that we play something rather than nothing. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. Like the describe go, oh, you, you, you have to hear. You just can't obviously hear this playlist. We'll probably release this playlist a little bit earlier. Than yeah. Because it is a, it, um, yeah. It's a, it's a listener. It's a listener. It's a listener one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely. It's not, it's not like worse, worse songs. That, oh, I'm not listening to that. I like that song. I'm not listening <laughs> to them. Trash that song. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a lot of them have been very positive. It was a lot of abominations too. Has been the last negative, yeah, negative yeah. one we did. Um, Trying to give the people a little, uh, little gasp of uh, positivity in, the, in these yeah, hard yeah. times. Yeah. yeah, seems how our fucking R number is back at one now. We might get locked down again. Who knows? What does um, the R number mean? It's the uh, infection rate. So uh, if it's at one, it means every person. Yeah, what is it? If if the R is one, it means that every single person that has it will affect one person. If it's like one point five, they'll affect fucking one and a half people. Right. Everything, you know? So it's there was like eleven eleven cases yesterday. So yeah, I think uh, fourteen today or something, something like so that. So it's going back up again. The cunts it's crawling back up. Yeah, yeah. I blame the pubs. Kind of is the pub tomorrow. Kind I don't know is. if I should now. Kind of is the pub. Yeah, it's gone back up. Yeah, it's a uh, they're they're the as of today they're like th- there was a, a spark of worry today. They were like, oh, that's meant to be going down, and uh, it's going back up because they kind of they need to keep it under one to continue the, pubs, the lockdown. The pubs haven't been open like two weeks. A, a week, yeah. So you couldn't really tell that. that. Oh yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like what they're seeing now is stuff from like two, three weeks ago. You know oh, what I mean? Dear. Without the pubs being open, so oh, yeah. Dear. Oh dear! I want to go back man. to work. Yeah, I don't actually. I was thinking about it the other day. I, said, I don't. Well, I don't really. I just mean yeah. I want the money. Yeah, I yeah, I'd, actually, I'd yeah. love a lot of money, but like work and fuck yeah. and fuck off. Um, well, look, that go- was a uh, that was that was Russian circles, and the yeah. name comes from uh, I think it's a a drill exercise used in ice hockey. Oh, doing cool. Russian circles, you never see them doing that little circle thing. Um, yeah, so who's your go. next one? My next one is a band that I know fuck all about, uh, and I think I've seen them, but I think I was locked. And uh, if I remember correctly, I enjoyed it, so I listened to more <laughs> of their stuff again. I was like, this is really cool. And it's a band called Pelican uh, with a song called Cold Hope. And Pelican, I like this yeah. weird mix of like stone or doom post rock. I've heard of Pelican, yeah, yeah they've I've been around fucking forever, like, um. Yeah. The, well, they've been we formed like two thousand, so twenty years. Uh, six That's a albums. long time. It doesn't seem like it, but oh, yeah. that is now yeah. a long time. Uh, six albums, a lot of EPs. Uh, this is from uh, their last album, which was brought in two thousand and nineteen. Uh, they're on Southern Lord Records. Um, that's they're from Chicago. That's pretty much. All I can tell you about Pelican. <laughs> uh, I'm Why pretty don't you sure. Let the music deal. I, I will. I'm going to play a bit of them now. <laughs> if I remember correctly. They played the same night. They played with Isis. It was Pelican and Isis in the village. And next door, on the exact same night, at the exact same time, was Hatebreed and Crowbar. On the exact same night. Hmm. And I was definitely at Crowbar and Hatebreed for a while. But I think I went in next door and saw a bit of the boys as well. Because I remember uh, Jamie Jaster, the singer from Hatebreed, giving out on the stage. like, why the fuck? Like, who the fuck booked Oz and Crowbar to play in the same night as Pelican and Isis? Like, next door. Why didn't they just fucking get a bigger venue and throw all four of us on the same fucking night? Because like, anybody who's at those gigs wants to see all those bands. Yes, so they do. It's fucking stupid. Now, both of them are sold out. 
but they could have put that on. That's honest to God, that was one of those gigs that they could have put on in the fucking tree arena. Like fucking Haybreed, Crowbar, Isis, and Pelican. You know what I mean? But yeah, that, around that era, yeah, you could. Yeah, yeah. not now because like, no, everyone's, everyone's a dope. But this is like 2005, 2006, <laughs> or something. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. music was huge back then. I'm gonna play some Pelican. It, it's kind of heavier than than most. It's kind of droney because it has that stoner rock kind of feel to it. Right. Okay. But uh, you, you'll hear it a bit of it here. It's very cool. They they don't consider themselves to be like doom or post rock or anything like that. They they just they kind of set themselves. They're more they're all kind of uh, lads who grew up playing in hardcore bands, and right. they just got sick of fucking singers. So they just start playing <laughs> like kind of hardcore stuff. Betrayal, yeah. But they just kept going <laughs> and just kind of evolved into whatever type of music this is now. Like you know, I yeah. like them a lot. Like it's definitely on the heavier. I like that little riff. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's loads I can stop with some mad Tom fills and all this. It's, it's it's great. It's not overly wanky um, instrumental music. Yeah. Well, doom like. doom's not allowed to be stuff. Exactly. Doom or stonery is not allowed to be wanky. Exactly. Well, it it's can be, good. but it's not allowed. So, yeah. It's always better for me. Keep it stupid, and then like give us a section of mayhem. That's what I want in, in most of my songs. I want that drony fuck. Personally, I want that. Bum, 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 bum. I want eight minutes of that. Bum, bum, because that's whatever I'm doing. If I find something good, that like if I'm pay- say I was drawing a picture or I was fucking whatever, and I, yeah. I hear that bum, 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 and I do something good, and I'm like, oh my god, keep that going. It's working. Dum, 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 dum. So keep going, keep going, going, and then give me a bit. Like, okay, right, take a break now. Like a breathe, and then I go back and <laughs> rum, 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 back into the drawing again. Like, that's what I want from from this type of yeah. person. Uh, but that was Pelican with Cold Hope uh, from their. Like, I love the artwork on the album as well. They, yeah, there's loads of kill shit going on. Most of those bands from Chicago. Chicago is one of those underappreciated musical cities um, for kind of heavy music. Yes, savage bands from Chicago. It's because hip hop took over so well from Chicago. Yeah. It's great, <coughs> and jazz obviously. Yeah, exactly. Blues and jazz yeah, are just yeah. fucking huge there. But like the the, the heavy scene, the, actually the, one of the worst gigs I ever played in my life was in Chicago. The worst gig probably ever. Yeah. And I played with one of these post rock bands that got real big. That I don't remember the name of them. I don't know what uh, they were called. You probably uh, have one of their signed T-shirts at home. Uh, we played with one of these bands. It just fucking might have even been Pelican. Yeah, I don't know. I it was, bet you. I bet you it was Hope's Fall. I, no, it wasn't Hope's Fall. They were actually named after a board as well. That's why I, whenever I think mm. of Pelican, I think about them. I think they're called like crows or swans or I don't know what. Imagine you played with swans. That'd be I don't, I don't know. Some we played with them in some. Uh, some fucking shithole. I'll tell you now, right? If swans are from Chicago, then it was swans, right? Yeah. Swans are deadly, man. I don't know. Your man was a prick. 
The guitarist. Oh, it's definitely Spawns. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Oh. Uh, Are they from Chicago? Do, do, do. No, they're from New York. All right. Um, yeah, but the guitarist. And the, I remember afterwards somebody but saying like they're pretty big. There is a there is a band there is like crows. Uh, I don't know what they're called. Fucking loads of bands like that yeah. that have that name. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, I always remember yeah, the, the the promoter was supposed to have a guitar amp from me, and he didn't. Yeah. And I was like, well, where, what am I going to do? And he's like, well, you can go over and ask the lads in, in, in that band. I was like, man, I don't want to be that prick. Like, you're the one who said you're going to have a fucking amp here for me. You was, ask him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what, And I was like, you go over and ask him. I was like, oh, no, your man's a bit of an arsehole. I was like, oh, fuck. Oh, thanks. So you're me man. over my fucking throat, yeah. And your man had this fucking, um, he had this mad weird rig as well. He had like those uh, orange tiny terrace. We had like three of them all boiled yeah. together. But, like, I can tell, I tell you right now, I can semi-understand why he didn't let you have a go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, well, I didn't want to be asking him either. I was like, mate, like your rig is mad complicated. Like I just need a dirt channel. And uh, <laughs> now he was like, oh, really? And I'm like, mate, like your mom's meant to have an amp for me. I'm real sorry. I hate doing this. I don't want to be that guy. Like we're on tour. We don't have fucking amps. And uh, you now he did let me use it in the end. Like yeah. so, in that regard, fair, fair play to him. But he was a bit of a fucking prick about it. But whatever. Myself, very special. Myself. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think uh, I think the way we worked it is we swapped it around so he could. Uh, I think we were meant to be headline, and we just let them headline. We were like, just listen, you know your sentence. Let me fuck with it. Let me just turn the fucking gain up and the fucking whatever. Yeah. Let me play, and then you get back up and just t- fix your fucking amp. And you, I think we swapped them. Um, I actually have to go and find what the name of that band was because they ended up being pretty fucking big in the end. But it yeah. way more sense the way it was. Like, if he, if you fucked with his amp, yeah, no. after after he used yeah. it, then all he's doing is got That's home. kind of what I was saying. Yeah, you just pick it up and leave. I know. That's one of the things I was saying <laughs> to him. But such is, such is the way of the fucking road life. Yeah. Uh, that was Pelican with Cold Hope, anyway. Uh, who's your next one? This will be my last one for this mm. evening. And it is Boss's Hang Part 1 by Godspeed You, Black Emperor, mm. who are one of the best instrumental bands of the world time ever world. A ever world time ever. Ever world. Yeah, world the, In ever world. world. Best of the one world of the best. Ever. <laughs> ever. Uh, they are actually Canadian. They're a music collective. I think there's like fucking 10 of them and there's been 10 in and out. Mm. So, um, this uh, this song wouldn't have been my first choice by this band, but it would have been something off the album uh, mm. Lift Your Skinny Fists Like Antennas to Heaven, which mm. is a great album name and a phenomenal album, but the shortest track on that is 18 minutes and a half long. Jesus so Christ. I wasn't sticking that on the playlist. I suppose it would have been, if I had, you know what, if I had been the one to go last, maybe I would have, but mm. uh, this track, Boss's Hang Part 1, is very good as well. It's only from a few years ago. Mm. Um but uh, this this album is a uh, yeah it's it's good it's not, it's not as great as the other ones but this track is very good it's they're kind of like they they wrote a list this is from Luciferian Towers mm. they wrote a list of demands on the inside of this album that they want from the world which really? is kind of mad I never read this before an end to foreign invasion okay mm. an end to borders mm. the total dismantling of the prison industrial complex tell me about that now. Killing Joker there. Which you on that one? Yeah. Um, healthcare, housing, food, water acknowledged as an unalienable human right. Yeah. And then the last one, the expert fuckers who broke this world to never speak again. 
There you go. Mm. There's what they wrote for this. Um, they are um, very arty kind of movement band. As well. Yeah, I don't know. But look, Jesus Christ! Like I could talk about that's as much as I have on this album. I could talk about yeah. lift your skinny fists, which is actually. 20 years old in October, so I hope they release mm-hmm. some sort of cool uh, reissue. That album, yeah, reissue, yeah. The, like, I mean, if it fits on vinyl, I mean, if it's fucking songs are 18 minutes long and all, it'd be like an eight, eight record fucking box set, which is just people who buy them. If you like the band, you'll buy it. But I wonder how to do it. <laughs> Jesus, 87 minutes overall. It's you know, it is released on uh, it is released on vinyl, so I don't know how they did it in the first we have a cool place. version of it, maybe. Um. I'm gonna check this now. It's gonna. Did they fucking? Twenty-two quid. Twenty-two quid for a start. It's alright. That's not bad actually at yeah. all. Has to be a double at least or a triple. Has to be. Like if it's that long. Like what's the fucking what's the player side of a fucking LP? Thirty minutes. Something like that. I think it's. Well, hang on. One side, yeah, and that's probably gonna sound like garbage, though, wouldn't it? Not really. Not really. They're pretty good at fucking compressing these things. So, like, no, I'd say it's double, and I'd say it's could be skimmed down, like you said. But um, that album is absolutely phenomenal. This band are, are fucking great. Godspeed, you Black Emperor are are great. Give it, give Boss's Hang Part One a little bit of a yeah, smash there. there isn't it there is yeah, yeah. kind of sort of almost folky instruments yeah as well yeah yeah like i said like i do like that song a lot i do like that album i don't listen to it as much as i would so many ones but i want to put godspeed on this playlist yeah. um i know a lot of people who are obsessed with godspeed like they fucking love them yeah i've never love seen the godspeed you see they always play like loads of these bands <laughs> play at these like sort of proggy festivals not yeah, always yeah. even proggy there yeah. is prog festivals but this is sort of more instrumental post rock post yeah. metal or even math no I don't think you get math rock stuff in it as well mm-hmm. but um that mixes well nicely into doom stuff as well I think, yeah yeah definitely like, like, <laughs> crossover into gigs so that was boss's hang part one mm. who's your very very last one my very very last one is a uh, piece of music that I fucking love that is another cover again a lot more covers and it's it's old and it's Herb Alpert and the Tijuana Brass with Zorba the Greek 
I right. fucking love this song. It's a uh, mayhem, fucking mayhem. Um, what I'm going to do before I talk any more about it, because there's mad shit about this song, I'm going to play a bit of it so people uh, understand that this is a song that definitely, like, definitely needs the full fucking song because that entire thing is a build-up. The entire four and a half minutes is just build-up. But I'm going to play, play a tiny little chunk of it here. So it's nice. I think it's, I've heard that before. Yeah, you probably have. It's been used in a, a bunch of fucking things. Um, it, it is a cover uh, by a, a Greek composer called uh, Mikas Theodorus. Uh, Theodorus from uh, a year before, 1964, he brought this out, and Herb Albert had to cover it in in, in 65. It's Jesus Christ. Uh, it's hard to describe how big Herb Albert was when he had the Tijuana Brass Band. It was. Like, in 1966, they outsold the Beatles. That's how big this group were. They were fucking... 66? Yeah, they outsold the Beatles. That's how fucking big they were. Like, outrageously fucking huge. Um, he was born in Los Angeles. Uh, his parents were Ukrainian and Romanian. And, like, nothing to do with Mexico whatsoever. But when he was, uh, when he was in his teens, he went to Tijuana. And uh, he went to a bullfight. And he seen a mariachi band, and he was like, he was more, he loved the mariachi band and hated the bullfight. And he was like, holy shit, like yeah. mariachi music is mental. So he went home and just started his own kind of version of a mariachi band. Like he'd been kind of bopping around doing music for years, but he only got really big off uh, off the Tijuana brass band. Uh, so there's a Greek guy, or sorry, there's a Ukrainian a, Roman guy from America yeah. doing a song about a Greek yeah. uh, in mariachi stuff. So much cultural appropriation going on in this. There's a lot stuff. going on. A so lot much. going on. Um, it's fucking mental. But uh, <laughs> this song got famous. This is mental. This song got famous in like the early 90s. Again, right? Like, the song was fucking huge when it came out in 65. But it got really famous in the early 90s um, in Peru of all places, which is real weird. So Peru? Yeah. There's Okay. So there's a political party in Peru called the Shining Path, which is like the communist party of Peru, who are like an extreme left-wing party who are deemed to be uh, a terrorist group by pretty much every country on it. Oh, so the Shining Path sounds like it's going to be some sort of religious group. Uh, no, they would be the, the opposite of that. far left, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're incredibly far left, but like the whole thing is like, get their way via brutality, right? So killing people, for whatever. It doesn't matter which way they do it. Once they get it done, they're fucking happy. Oof. And, uh, but they're deemed to be a terrorist. Whoa, there's me hitting microphones. They're deemed <laughs> to be uh, a, a terrorist group by like the European Union, by the States, by Canada, like like places that if they say they're terrorists, they, they might be like, they might actually be. But mm. what they've done is the Shining Path uh, released a videotape to the Peruvian fucking, te- to a Peruvian television 
station in the early 90s of them dancing to this song, right? Dancing mm-hmm. to Zorba the Greek. And uh, they fucked up because they didn't hide where they were properly. So the government and the military and all who were looking for them just saw in the background and knew exactly where they were. I went in isn't and got that them. A K- isn't that a KFC just across from... Uh, for- yeah, exactly. Yeah, that That's the street number right there. But yeah, they fucked up <laughs> and they showed themselves um, in this video dancing to Zorba the Greek. And uh, the government went in and fucking refill out of them out of it. Uh, a lot of them did escape. And I think they got, they got fucking got again later. Uh, so later on, he, he kind of he knocked the Tijuana brass on the, on, the, on, on, the, on the head. He was like, I'm fucking sick of doing all this. I'll, uh, I'll, fucking, I'll, do, I'll do something else. So he went off, <coughs> messed around a little bit, doing his own thing. And then what he'd done was, uh, he just done his own thing. He was like, I'll, I'll just be Herb Albert. And he released a song called Roya's. And Roya's got kind of big. It's done all right. If you listen to it, it's weird. It's kind of synthy. Did it do well, well in Peru? Uh, no, it didn't. But I'll tell you where it did do well. Uh, it done well in the Notorious B.I.G.'s ears because that's the main sample for Hypnotoise. Came from bow, his... Bow, bow, yeah, bow. Yeah, no way. That's uh, by Herb Balbert from his oh, first kind of solo, solo song uh, after the Tijuana Brass called Roya's. The song itself is whatever. But you can... You listen to that song, they just took sections of it. They didn't even sample it properly. They just took full loops out of it, you know? <laughs> uh, and it's, fucking, it's from the album. Uh, the Zorba Greek is from the, uh, from the album Going Places, which came out the same year as, oh, fuck. What was the name of the, the he has a famous album where there's a woman covered in cream. I think it's like Earthly Delights or something like that. Herb Albert and his Earthly Delights or something like that. And uh, they both came that out the same familiar. year. You, you, every, you, it's one of those charity shop fucking records. You see it all the time. And uh, now I'm sickened because I should have bought it a thousand times. I still haven't fucking bought it, so I'm going to buy it the next time I see it. But uh, yeah, listen, that's Orbit Greek. It's just fun. And uh, it's one of those songs that if you play at the right time in a night, every turns into a fucking marching lunatic idiot and starts dancing yeah. and you know, like, <laughs> like Russian dances and all to this fucking Mexican, this like fucking Mexican music played by a Ukrainian Romanian guy from uh, Los Angeles who <laughs> uh, was in Mexico once. It's, it's mental, but like I said, yeah. the, the, the band were so big that they outsold the fucking Beatles and the height of fucking Beatlemania. That's mad. Uh, but that's, that's the end of mine. Uh, that was our instrumentals, uh, a couple of our favourite instrumental songs. I think there's a decent little mix there. It's uh, a great playlist, sure. I think, yeah, to stick on while you're doing whatever. You're painting your masterpiece or whatever you're doing. You could <laughs> even listen to this while you're listening to this podcast. Because you absolutely could. Um, until yeah. we play samples and fuck with it. Oh, yeah, that would be weird. That, you, could, that, you, yeah. could, you could have the longest slow wank of all time. You absolutely what? could. Because there's loads I'd of build-ups. there's been longer ones, longer ones than that. Maybe. Longest it's been playlist. L- I don't know how long this playlist is. Playlist um, is uh, one hour and three minutes long. Yeah, there's been people... Just edged yourself into oblivion till your eyes were bleeding and all yeah, uh, yeah that's us uh, listen the usual bullshit you get us on uh, lostartpodcast.com you can go to patreon.com forward slash lostartpodcast give us a five or a month and it uh, keeps us going we're back on Saturday night with our Lost Art live radio show and we're back again on Monday with another fresh delicious podcast for yes. your ear holes and uh, I suppose until then until then that'll be us and uh, sure, we'll be talking to you in a few days. Absolutely. See you then. Night, night.